0: Hey guys, I'm Stevie Nelson and I'm Dave Horwitz. and this is I burn everything a food and relationship podcast. Hey, Dave.
1: Hi, Steve. How you doing? To- oh, I'm okay. We're at social distancing miniseries episode number four, which means it's been four weeks, which means it's been just a just a solid month at this point of isolation and awkwardness and living in your feelings and hanging out with the stuff in your room.
0: Oh, yeah. Getting to know your house on a whole new level. Uh, Dave, we have such yeah, a good really, guest. It's really just, yeah, Oh, sorry. Did you want to say something else? <laughs> 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 the joys of um, the joys of like recording, you know, when you're not in the same room as someone, is you kind of can't see them in the same way you see them in real life. It's just pure joy, you know?
1: this part stays in and you want to know why it stays in because this is life right now you know a lot of people yeah. have it worse than us but it's 2020 and we are recording remotely we're in a bunch of different places we're in three different places because we have a great guest we don't need to harp on it anymore you no. know what's going on you're in your house you're baking bread you have got a sourdough starter going you're playing <laughs> animal crossing stevie Who is our guest?
0: All right. Our guest is an actor. He's an acting teacher all around. One of my favorite people on earth, Joshua Baton. Here we go. I burn, I burn. I burn everything. Hi, Josh.
2: Hey, Stevie. Hey, Dave, thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks for doing it. <laughs> thanks, thanks for being here. Uh, <laughs> Dave, do you have any questions about um, Josh's surroundings? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do. I actually do. I um, you know, we're so we're zooming right now. And I'm, uh, I'm very impressed by um people's setups i like seeing people's homes so when we record we're kind of uh beamed into their homes because we can see them and we can hear them uh it looks like you're in sort of a, a, a studio as it as it were
2: yeah i um because i teach acting classes and i have students and clients i do self-tape recordings at my house so i have this room set up uh, for self-tapes and voiceover auditions and things like that it looks fantastic yeah, I've had Stevie in here before. We've done some tapes with her.
0: She's We've done some tapes it. together. I love them. My manager wrote back, this is good. And uh, that's about <laughs> as good as it gets from a manager. <laughs> if he didn't write back, redo this, please. It's We're winning, you know?
2: <laughs> I, got, I got super lucky because a good friend of mine who's this um, Australian uh, portraiture is that a word? Portraiter, Portrait photographer? Yeah. She, um, she stayed here for a month, and she travels the world and meets up with any, like, famous Aussie and takes photographs of them while they're at work or just in where they're living. So she stayed with me for a month while she was working in L.A., and she came into the room. And one of the things that people say all the time about shooting here is how good the lighting is. Mm-hmm. And that's because she came, because when I was first doing them, the lighting didn't look great at all. And then she walked into the room, and she looked around, and she's like, oh, mate, this is all wrong. You ought to move this here, move that there, and do this over here. And after that, it's been absolutely perfect. So, thanks to her. <laughs> so good. Thank you,
1: <laughs> well, thanks to her. I got to say, I'm, I'm. you know, it's not, it's not fair. It's maybe diminishing to other people to say that that is triggering. However, I will say <laughs> that I had a, let's just say I had a, a, a romantic situation with someone who is, uh, actively an Australian A current Australian <laughs> Oh my gosh um, Actively an Australian, Australian <laughs> um, Heavily heavily Australian And it didn't It kind of broke a little bit bad And by a little bit I mean a lot of bit And mm. the thing I've been noticing Is that The Australian accent to a performer To a comedian, to an actor, even just to somebody Who, who enjoys dialects I think is one of the most fun And it's not easy, but if you can master it you really like doing it so i have been hearing like uh my my uh my wonderful girlfriend knows how to do one one of my best friends knows how to do one and um it just seems to creep up and and it kind of jolts me back to that time which was not even that long ago like uh you know uh, g- 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 in closing in on a year and a half ago but um the other day uh i was using insight timer the meditation app that uh, Stevie. Uh, and many people have recommended to me and I found a really good one the music was great and then the voice came in and it was uh, an Australian <laughs> and it was <laughs> extremely um uh, it just it, it it was a bit of a kick in the a bit a bit of a kick in the ass and I was trying to center myself and uh, my wonderful girlfriend Hannah looked at me and said we can we can change this if you want and I said no 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 I'll <laughs> power through so sweet. and I and it did. Let's just say, let's just say that that Aussie did not stop me from reaching enlightenment that day.
0: Wow! Say,
2: powering through meditation is, a, is an impressive skill.
0: It's yeah. very impressive. Yeah. Josh is very good at all accents, right? You you've mastered a lot of these accents.
2: Uh, I like to say, with a face like this, I need I need tricks, or I'll never work. So. Yeah, I'm pretty good at oh, dialects, they're no. super fun Yeah.
1: Hang true. on, hang on what, Now, what, what, is, what does that mean?
2: Because I'm, I'm looking a, at you It means I'm a Jew from New York Whose self-deprecation is like my second language
0: Ah uh, so We're all yeah, Jews as a Jew,
2: here As a Jew
1: from Massachusetts As oh, wow. a Jew from Massachusetts I pivoted from acting to writing Pretty quick out here <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, man
1: uh, rather than rather than master rather than master a bunch of accents and uh really get tr- uh, the training I needed to, to to push me forward past the um Taco Bell commercials and the Honda commercials uh, that I was cut out of I <laughs> I decided maybe I try my hand at writing and comedy a little bit more and it's been it's been okay gotcha. but I but I still think about it I still I still I, some of my favorite—I just rewatched *A Serious Man*, the Cohen Brothers movie, which is oh yeah, fantastic. loved it, fantastic. But one of the most one of the most Jewish movies I've ever seen. And every scene, I was like, "There's no room for me. There's no room for <laughs> me. I'm the most Jewish-looking guy I know. Get me in there." What's
2: funny is I, I, I on stage, I've probably played a couple characters who are Jewish, but here in L.A., I am not Jewish. Like I'm yeah. an Italian guy. I'm an Irish guy. I'm a, like, Polish dude, maybe, you know, like of Polish descent or or dialect, perhaps. But Jews, they're like, nah, he doesn't look Jewish enough. And I'm like, but I am Jewish. This is a Jewish look. But not to them. You know? Not to them. It's so as crazy. Long as you can be yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Jewish is such yeah. a spectrum, you know? Every time I tell people I'm Jewish, they're like, nah, <laughs> nope, you're not Jewish. <laughs> nah, no, you're not. Not. But it's not it's, it's weird
1: to be Jewish and be told you're not Jewish. But also, like if you watch um the the marvelous, I almost said mysterious, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, pretty much three quarters of that cast is not Jewish, including Ms. Maisel herself, who is one of the least Jewish looking people I've ever seen.
0: I find that a very, beautiful woman. Yeah, I find it very upsetting that you have this chance to um, hire a Jewish comedian for a TV show, and yeah choose someone who's not jewish? No, thanks.
2: I got to <laughs> be honest. I think she's amazing. So I'd watch I'd watch her play anything.
0: So, yes, I'm I agree. She's, I agree she's, that she's, she's amazing. She's
1: really really good.
0: Um Josh. Yeah, she's real good. So you're okay. So you're Yeah. perfect right now especially to be a guest on our show because you had COVID-19, correct?
2: Yes. Yes, this is true. This is true. Um, uh, do we want the tale or? We would love um, it. We would love um, you I, to I just, uh, yes. tell us everything. I think so, we
1: want the tale.
2: Okay. So I did a TV show a year and a half ago that filmed in Pittsburgh. And one of my castmates is a country music star, uh, self-made named Sturgill Simpson. And oh, yeah. yeah, he's amazing. And, and I consider him one of my closest friends. And another one of our castmates, this woman, Ashley Atkinson, who's an amazing actor that you've seen in everything. Ashley lives in New York with her husband, Leon, and the three of us decided, well, why don't we go to Pittsburgh to see Sturgill's show at the scene of the crime where we all met and we'll get to go to our old haunts and get dinner where we used to go when we were filming. So I flew out there on like March 3rd. Actually, it's not like March 3rd. It's March 3rd. I know all (laughs) the dates now because of this COVID thing. So I got in on the 3rd. I felt a little bit wonky, but I had only slept like two and a half hours to get an early flight. We went to Sturgill's show that night. Uh, the next day, I still felt a little bit wonky. And I went to dinner with Ashley and Leon, and we had a really fun night. Went to our old, like, what was our local bar while we were working there for seven months. And and still, I felt a little bit wonky. So I left early that night and flew back to L.A. on the 6th um, of um which was a right. Friday. So I guess there was two dates there. Yeah. Right. March, March 6th. No, that's a lie. No, that's true. It is March 6th. Wow. <laughs> COVID messes with your brain guys. It really does. <laughs> so uh, I got back that night and I was dating a girl and she had been away the week before in Chicago at a conference. And she said, I know you're not feeling well, but I want, I want to come and see you anyway. And I was like, Oh, that's really sweet. So she came over and then I started to get like, like we, start, we started to watch a movie and I just Looked at her and I said, ah, babe, I'm I'm going to pass out. I'm exhausted. And she said, all right, well, I'm going to take off. And I said, okay. And I took off and she took off. And uh, the next day, her and I were supposed to hang out and she had, she had forgotten she had plans with a friend who was a comedian and she was seeing their show. So we didn't see each other that night. I fell asleep on the couch. This is March 7th at like 10 o'clock at night watching TV. I woke up around 1130 to go to bed. And all of a sudden, I got hit with these unbelievable chills, like mm. shaking, shivering chills, and I couldn't get warm. And I have a big pit bull, an 80-pound pit bull who sometimes will sleep in my bed. And I was Uh-oh. like, you're in the bed tonight because I need your body heat. And I turned the heat up, and I like spooned him, and I and I went to sleep. In the morning, I woke up, and I felt even shittier. So I Uh-oh. went to Uh, I go to this urgent care. My doctor is in urgent care called Exer. They have a few locations around LA. Um, And the closest one was in Pasadena. And I went there and the doctor came in. I asked about COVID testing. There was none. It didn't didn't exist out here in LA at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, So she said, I'm going to test you for the flu. And I said, okay, cool. So she tested me for the flu, um, which is if you ever had a flu test, it's Horrible! They shove this five and a half inch, maybe seven inch long thing up each nostril. Uh, makes you shake uh, and sneeze. Yeah, exactly. Exactly what it uh, does. You're like, oh, and then you start sneezing. Yeah. She came back in five minutes later. She said, "You have influenza A. Um, you don't have COVID. Uh, I'm going to put you on Tamiflu." And uh, and I said, "Well, I have to teach a class tonight." And she said, "Well, you can't teach tonight because you'll still be contagious. Your your uh, your symptoms started a couple days ago, or like four, three, four days ago." The Tamiflu should help if we caught it in time," she said. "But by Tuesday, you should be able to go back to work." And I said, "Okay." So I canceled my class that night, started taking Tamiflu, and by and then on Tuesday, I went and taught a class. I was still trying to be mindful about like hugging and touching or whatever, but also this is before the NBA canceled their season and Tom Hanks got COVID, and all of a sudden things were like we were just a few days before. About five or six days before things kind of really changed out here, and so in retrospect, I wish I hadn't taught that class. Um, one student of mine got sick. She's okay now, but the idea and the thought that maybe that happened because I walked into that room was really talk about triggering. Was really really triggering for me. That um,
1: student, that student got COVID.
2: I, we don't, I don't know. She was never tested, but for like twelve days or so, she had fever, shakes you know her yep. husband was social distancing and I, I believe like leaving food at the bedroom door and and she's <sighs> okay now which is very very relieving um because I had all kinds of like fears and bad dreams about what that would be of so course. so then over the course of that week I was having fever dreams and sweats every night and some of the dreams were crazy mm. and and I was this has only happened to me once once before in my life where I was literally tossing and turning so I'd be like lying on my stomach and then I would push off and flip my whole body and like fall in another position. Cause I Whoa. couldn't get comfortable. Yeah. And, I got all, and I got all these aches and all these chills and all that kind of stuff by. So that class was on the 10th on the 11th. I started to feel better. I was still feeling a little wonky, but now I've been like probably like six, seven days of it just progressively feeling shittier and shittier. That's and- a long
0: time. It's a long yeah. time to and, feel bad because normally a, the flu is like two days, you know?
2: Yeah. And and so, and by like Thursday, I felt okay. And by Friday, the girl that I was dating, she came back, she came over and we had, you know, a night together and we hung out. And then the next day is when things sort of took the turn. That Saturday, which I guess was, uh, I thought it was, the, it's like the 15th or something, right? Yeah. Uh, six, seven, 14th the 14th is I think when we started social distancing out here, when it really became like a thing and people were like, Whoa, wait a second. So my brother who's been social distancing with me at my house and my dear friend, Eric, they, uh, they both work in the bar world. And so she felt uncomfortable staying here. Cause they'd both been working in bars up until the night before with like hundreds of people coming in mm-hmm. and out. Yeah. So we didn't, we didn't really have a plan, but she was going to, do it at her house and we were going to do it here and over the course of the week as we started to talk it sort of felt like when we get to like 14 days where we're both okay she could come here because there's more people there's food she she's quite social like I am so that seemed like it would be a better fix
0: and at this point you you're you don't know you have COVID still right
2: I don't know I have COVID so okay this is like this is like uh the 14th maybe the 15th The two friends of mine who I went to Pittsburgh with live in New York, and they had been sick all week as well in New York. On the 17th, which at this point I have no symptoms anymore, like I feel totally normal, they call me and say, hey, we tested positive. We're so sorry if we got you sick. Mm. I mean literally, talk about a heartbreaking text.
1: Oh, God.
2: Ashley sent a text to myself and Sturgill and said, hey, I'm really sorry I hugged you when I saw you guys. I'm really Aww. sorry.
0: And I said, Aww. Hey,
2: hey, you weren't giving me you weren't thinking you were giving me COVID. You were giving no. me love. I mean, we 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 all love each yeah. other, you know. But I understand that weight because I had it Retrospect, you know, when I was looking back at my students and you know, um, where you think, Oh my God, if I if I put this on someone, given how scary it all is. So on the seventeenth they told me they had it and I went to my doctor and I have a very close relationship with my doctor a number of years ago completely different medical situation, my liver stopped functioning and wound up being because of an antibiotic that I was allergic to, but nobody knew it. It was really scary. And he was super, super hands-on with helping me. Mm -hmm. And so I walked in and he's, you know, face shield, mask, the whole thing. And he's like, what are you, what's going on, Josh? And I said, well, you know, I only come to you for the big shit and he had a COVID test in his hand. And, I told, and, and And at the time I didn't have symptoms, but I fit the criteria because I had direct contact. I had had symptoms. And so uh, he, he tested me. And, and it was really wild because the first thing I did was text my brother and my two friends who are staying here and said, guys, my friend tested positive. They say I need to isolate from you. And they all texted back within seconds. Nah, we've all been together. We've literally been eating off the same plate together. If you've Mm -hmm. got it, we've got it. This is our group, which I'm not going to lie, was was really heartwarming, you know? Yeah, Yeah. of course. Yeah, people
0: being like, uh, it's fine. We don't care.
2: So the next day, one of my friends, Eric, he went and got tested from his doctor. And two days later, his results came in negative. And his doctor said, well, then your friend is negative. Because it's so contagious, there's no way you're in the same space and he, you don't you don't have it and he does. Hmm. But still, we had no results. Then, on the 23rd, I got a call from not my doctor but a doctor in the office who I've met before, and he was very grave. And he said, "Hey," and I said, "Hey, what's up, Dr. Rubin?" And he said, um, "Your test came back positive. I'm so sorry, you have coronavirus." And I said, "Okay, cool." And he said, "Oh." He said, how are you doing? And I said, oh, I'm, I'm fine, actually. I, I, haven't, I haven't had any symptoms since I had that flu. I, and I, and I t- discussed with him what I just told you guys about the flu and this and that. Mm-hmm. And I said, they told me that that meant I didn't have corona. And he said, well, that's what the CDC was telling us at the time. Now they're, now they're saying uh, you, you could have. So you probably had the flu and corona at the same time.
0: Oh Oh my my God! God. (laughs) Oh, can you even? You got the combo pack. Yeah, you got the you got the full platter.
2: I like to do things big, guys. You know, I'm I'm going in. I'm going all in. Go big or go home. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. So. So then, um, I got a call from, you know. So we had a talk. He said, you know, your test was six days ago. You should isolate for another eight days. If you go 14 days without any symptoms, you're considered fine. Then I got a call from the epidemiology department from Los Angeles, and they went over. I I gave them my flight number, my movements in Pittsburgh as they're trying to map all this and all that kind of stuff. And he said, well, you're probably okay to go out now because your contact with someone who was positive was back on the 6th. And I said, well, I think I'm going to wait another eight days. And he said, "Oh, that would be wonderful." And I was surprised that he wasn't telling me to do that. But I think
0: yeah.
2: it got—I got the sense that in his dealings with people who tested positive, he got a lot of resistance and people going like, "Well, I don't want to do that." Um, I, I assume. So, uh, so yeah. So, I—I've pretty much had no symptoms since I got a positive test. A couple days ago, I did wake up with sweats, and. Uh, I will tell you, mm. I went into an absolute panic. Yeah. And, and full disclosure, because I was having a hard time sleeping that night, I'd smoke some weed to get to sleep. And so when I woke up at 2 30 in the morning feeling great and then noticing that under me was totally wet, I spent the next seven hours not sleeping oh. and thinking about how I was going to die. And, of course. And it's one uh. of the things that I think, is so, is so tricky about this is that there's a tremendous amount of fear. I spoke to my doctor this morning. Um, he thinks it's unrelated because of, um, like I had taken like some wellness shots with garlic and things like that. In it, and he thinks that that's probably what broke me into a sweat. But hmm. I'm still going to um, keep some distance. For, you know, I mean, not like anybody's going anywhere anyway. You know? Yeah. Um, but uh, it's scary. It's really, really scary. And, uh, and my older brother, who's, You know, who's a pretty direct human being was like, You don't fucking have it. You fucking had it already. Get the fuck over it. You're so fucking negative. What the fuck is your problem? Jesus Christ. And you're,
1: you're, you're so you're so fucking negative what you had the thing that's killing thousands of people in the world you think you got it again grow <laughs> up whatever okay, so you're the
2: only per- let me get let me get this right you're the only person in the whole fucking world who got it twice you yeah yeah really and I was- so
0: funny I was Dave like, oh, I, I hope God. someday you can yeah. meet- get over I it. it I hope someday you can meet his brother because what Josh was doing is exactly his brother <laughs> like no there's no like there's no filter it's amazing
1: Oh, I love it. I love that type. Just, you fucking see this? They got tigers in the Bronx who got COVID now. What the fuck?
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, yeah, so you know what my brother said about that? He goes, it's the fucking Bronx. What are you going to
1: do? <laughs> oh, my God. What do you fucking, what, hey, what What do you expect? Every fucking bodega cat in the Bronx says fucking
2: COVID. <laughs> exactly. What
0: are you going to do? What are you going to do?
1: What
2: are you going to do? Forget gosh. about
1: it. Oh, it's so good. That's, um, I mean... Josh, that's, uh, I mean, you know, no disrespect to your brother, but, you know, of course <laughs> you'd be worried. It's, it's, so, I mean, I'm, I'm, the littlest thing worries me. I mean, I, not even that little, but I, I think, I can't remember what level I mentioned. I, I can't remember what I mentioned on the podcast, what I mentioned on a Zoom call with my family, what I mentioned talking to my walls, but, um, <laughs> a friend of mine who I had seen for 13 or 14 days prior who then got on a plane to go to New York, called me to say and and we had just hugs we had had a hug uh goodbye like this is my good friend that i've known for you know almost 15 years and was like leaving town again and she said hey i just wanted to call and let you know um i don't have a sense of taste or smell today and uh, and it was like 13 or 14 days since i had seen her and i was like Mm. literally everything i ate or drank for the next like four or five (laughs) days i was like Just reaching for like a glass of juice going, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Let me taste this juice. Here we go. Uh, I get it. We got orange. We got orange. Okay. Okay. That's orange. Okay. I get
0: it. It, It's such a strange side effect, you know, like that not being able to taste. Also, because what's so interesting about COVID-19 and coronavirus is that uh, everyone has different symptoms. So while, Josh, it sounds like you had like the classic flu symptoms, right? The night sweats, the... Uh, fever, you know, not feeling well, did you have a cough or no, no?
2: cough? No. Bo- and I had, I had, I had body aches, no cough. I had nothing respiratory at all. And
0: hmm. that's so interesting because it's like, and then some people just don't taste anything test positive. Some people don't feel anything test positive. Some people just have a headache and you're like, Ugh, it's hard not to, um, it's hard not to overthink anything that happens to your body right now. You know, like, and, and I've heard of people also re getting exactly it. Right. Like, it, it goes away and then it comes, I'm just like, oh, it's too much. It's too much to handle. Um,
2: yeah. And, and also, you know, here in LA, we've had a tremendous amount of rain. And yeah. and with all of that rain, there's tons of pollen in the air. So anyone who has allergies, they're acting up. And anything that comes at you, I mean, and the thing is, is like, you know, I, they're telling me I'm out of the woods, but I'm still nervous. And, yeah, of course. you know, my, my friend's father just died two days ago and oh, God. from this and my friend and, and one of my dear friends his his first cousin has passed and no. you know so it's i know and not to and i don't i don't want to bring it down but i think we're all living in, in with, with such with with such fear and trying to manage it you know i think societally and globally yeah. we've all been somewhat traumatized you know
0: yeah
1: I, I mean i think i think everybody is to some degree traumatized and the people that at least aren't acting like they are are traumatized and it's the their their fear response is to say i'm not gonna stop going to the park i'm not gonna uh i'm not gonna wear a mask even though the governor wants us to wear a mask i'm gonna hang out i I, i've seen people hanging out outside i saw people i went to cvs this was (laughs) i was having these rage fantasies of like Mm -hmm. screaming at strangers which is like okay obviously this pandemic is bringing out something in me because that is not my vibe but I was like there's a CVS that's next to a Carl's Jr. uh, up the street from you know whatever it's what 10 minutes away who cares anyway uh, (laughs) I was I went to a CVS I had my covering on I went and bought something I came out uh, and then I'm going through the Carl's Jr. parking lot and I see three people standing around the hood of one car all eating and drinking. And then I swear to God, I see one guy reach over and put his hands in the other guy's fry container and take (sighs) out a fry and eat it. And they're all just casually talking. And I'm going like, Okay, if I roll down my window and yell, are they going to be like, "Hey, we're like a poly triad and we all live together and have sex with each other, and we're socially <laughs> distancing together and isolating"? And I'm like, "Okay, well, that would be a good uh, justification," or like, "Hey, fuck you, we're roommates," or, 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 you know, we're each other's lifeline. I guarantee that wasn't the case because, also, um, at the foot of my my uh, my girlfriend lives on a hill, and there's um there's this area where teenagers are constantly it makes it makes me feel very nostalgic for suburban massachusetts and little uh, hideaways but because there's this little nook area it doesn't seem safe at all but like teenagers are constantly there like drinking smoking weed making out and mm-hmm. you would think maybe kids would be like oh i should probably stay home nope they're 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 getting into it they're smoking weed sharing sh- uh, passing joints drinking booze making out and it's like if your fear response is to say fuck it who cares everything's fine i'm going to proceed as business as usual best of luck to you but yes. i don't know I'm, I'm 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 a little more in the other direction where i'm like
0: yeah me too
2: oh, i need to
1: i need i need better gloves
2: yeah. yeah 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 i mean also i think certain people feel you know young, uh, they're being told that it doesn't kill them so young people yep. feel invincible about it you know yeah and, and i think all of us have had to learn i i didn't do this perfectly you know there were days when I went out where I thought I, you know, I wore gloves and whatever, but you know, there, there are definitely mistakes that I made, but I, I mean, like, I agree with you, you know, who my real pet peeve is with runners,
0: I'm
2: walking my dog in the morning. They're, they're doing like, they're like buzzing the tower. Yep. Like they're not wearing masks. They're nope. running inches from me. Yep. Just run around me, go into the street. You know, yeah. what are you doing?
0: It, yeah. Yeah. Runners, runners are really bad in LA right now. And, and it's weird too. It's almost like, um, why are, why are a hundred percent of them not wearing masks? Like I have not seen a runner wearing masks. I mean, obviously it seems very difficult to run while wearing a mask, but at the same time, it's like, <laughs> Hey, maybe don't put us all at risk because you want to go for a run instead of a slow walk.
2: And maybe <laughs> wear a long sleeve shirt. So your sweats not spattering all over the place. Maybe yeah. that, you
0: know, wow. that's just,
2: that's just, that's just how I feel. You know, yeah. but, so I get what you mean, Dave. Like that, that rage in you that wants to, like, go, ah, I'm gonna yeah. kill you all. You know, I get
1: it. Well, because I, I mean, I, I, if in, in in all aspects of of my uh, reactions to, to to every interaction, to everything that that upsets me over the past however many years, thanks to therapy, thanks to just being older, like I want to process everything in, in, with the time it deserves, and I want to go that is probably coming from a place that you can't even fathom because that's how you are to them and vice versa and whatever but it's like i understand being afraid mm-hmm. i'm afraid mm-hmm. i get it and i uh but i choose to respond to it by going okay maybe i should take this seriously and i think if you are cavalier about it at all um you're 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 endangering people and like we, we are not yeah. People who are like – people who think that they don't need to help flatten the curve or they're like, well, I don't know. I just hang out with my two friends or whatever. I I can't believe it. It's like if these teenagers think that they can't get it, even if they – or that they won't get sick, they're going to go home and then they probably have parents in their 50s and 60s.
0: But the thing is too – the thing is too what they're – what I feel like is keeps happening is that while – At first, we were told that it really doesn't affect young people. It actually does. Like there are a lot of 30 year olds who have died from this. So it's like the information that keeps coming out and the new studies of it. And it's a very new virus. So like we don't have all the information. We don't know that that's true. We don't know that it doesn't really affect young people yet. It could. That could be the next strain, you know.
1: Oh yeah, it's it's mutating at a pace that we don't. I mean, it's <laughs> none of us are. I mean, I'm a I'm a comedy writer with a podcast. I'm not I'm not even it's not even that I'm not a scientist. I'm not a science buff. I feel like everyone is having yeah. to in real time either learn more about what's going on or just go, "I I trust the CDC or I think Dr. Fauci's cool" or you know what I mean? It's like yeah, it's, yeah. it's such a it's such a bizarre mode to be in because you if you if you choose willful ignorance then you're just like well hopefully this thing will just like clear itself up i'm gonna go outside for a run or i'm gonna go to the park and it's like dude you could die your neighbor could die someone could die ever people are fucking dying all over the place
0: yes
2: i know it's a tricky line because i think you also have to balance the fact because the because of the anxiety and the of it all the fact that you know they're saying their numbers, they think 25 or so percent of people are just asymptomatic and and just carry it. And then for those who get symptoms, it seems like 80% have like a flu. There's about 15 to 17% that have something really, like a really nasty flu that that could turn into pneumonia. And then there's Mm -hmm. that like three to 5% where it really truly becomes deadly. And being able to monitor and measure all of that different information is so tricky because in the end, we all have to treat it like it would kill us or kill Mm -hmm. the people we love. Because if we don't, more people will die. Um, Yeah. But at the same time, being able to sort of measure, you know, and I say this from experience, like what's going on in your body and your heart and in your head as you're processing it is very, very tricky, you know? And so, because anxiety has never helped anything, you know? No. Uh, No.
0: I read okay. this thing this morning about how worry is like a rocking chair. Like it feels like movement, but you're really going nowhere. And I was like, oh, wow, well, that's really oh. applicable wow. for this whole thing. It's like we're all just sitting in rocking chairs in our home, <laughs> going nowhere. Oh my yeah. God. Hey, guys, Stevie here. Just wanted to say, hey, why don't you contact us? You can email us at iBurnEverythingPod at gmail.com, or you can even call our hotline leave a message, 213-458-5236. It's 213-458-5236, and we may even talk about your message or email on a future episode. So get to it.
2: You know, I was, I was dating through this, you know, whole thing.
0: Yeah. You mentioned your Uh, girl, you mentioned a girl you were dating, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I'd been introduced to a a girl about two and a half months ago and we were dating and it seemed to be going, you know, pretty well. And, um, and then when I found out my friends tested positive, you know, we were FaceTiming every day to stay in touch and the energy of our connection changed in my opinion. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, she seemed, she seems a little angry. Um, she was very upset uh, that my doctor tested me, like very
0: upset. Why?
2: Why? Her, well, her, well, she called you were her in medical direct professional. direct
0: contact. You were in direct contact with someone. Right. That is literally one of the prerequisites.
2: Right. So she contacted her doctor who said, I don't understand that why they would test him. He hasn't, he doesn't have, uh, you know, like harsh symptoms, his fever, um, is in uh, over 100.4 and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so every time we we started talking uh, or FaceTiming, it was brought up that like, why was I tested? Why did my doctor test me? What is wrong with my doctor? And it was huh. interesting because one, I was afraid that maybe I'd given it to her. Um, she started getting headaches and a, she had a sinus infection. She gets sinus infections. And so, um, she was like, I'm pretty sure I have a sinus infection, but as I, as we all know now, anything you feel during this time feels like the end of the world. Yeah. So yep. her fear I'm sure was kicking in, but I was thrilled that my doctor tested me. I think mm-hmm. we should be testing every person in the country. We could, yeah. we could, we could truly isolate it if everybody knew who had it and who didn't. So, mm-hmm. uh, but
1: especially people who are exposed to people who absolutely do have it. I mean, that That to me is, is a very, very good reason to test someone.
2: I I don't, I guess I Uh, don't understand. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) not for her. Right. And, and so, you know, we had a pretty tense week and it, and, and it only got more tense and then the tension ended pretty quickly, which was, I found out I tested positive. The first thing I did was pick up the phone and FaceTime her and tell her. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and she seemed to take it in stride and then a few hours later um, – I mean look, there's a, there's a couple things. I feel like to be fair, I should give all the details of this, which was the day that – the the, Well, the day that I found out I, I was positive, a couple days earlier is when my roommate found out he was negative and his doctor uh-huh. said, there's no way your friend has it. Um, and according to the epidemiologist in LA, now looking back, that guy said, the day you found out you were positive you were by our numbers you were you were probably past it already given when i was in contact but that day my brother and i went to costco and i wore gloves and had a spray uh you know the hand sanitizer spray and i only touched what we bought and i didn't mm-hmm. and i sprayed the cart down and all that stuff so i was mindful about it i didn't have a mask on
1: sure you know,
2: i wasn't coughing or anything but still looking back i wish i did I was working with what I had and the information I had. And so after I hung up the phone with her, I was holding my breath because I was like, uh oh. And then it started. Oh my God, you went to Costco. Oh my God, what's you know, like what's wrong with you? I don't understand what's wrong with you. And I was like, oh shit.
0: Oh and, my God. And, and then
2: we FaceTimed and she said it to me. And finally I had to say, look, if you don't think I feel bad about this, you know, you're wrong. I, I, I feel terrible about what I've done. I'm not proud of it. I wasn't trying to be cavalier. Uh, my friend's doctor said I didn't have it and I and I had no symptoms and I hadn't had any symptoms for at this point, like, you know, 15 days, you know, or, right. or 12 days were, or something like you that. You were literally
0: told, you were literally told, A, you had the flu. You were also told you did not have COVID if you're like one of your closest friends who's living with you doesn't have it. To me, right. to me as a right. listener so, and as a friend, I'm like, you didn't do anything wrong.
2: Right. And I mean, to be honest, you're one of the people I called that day, and you repeated yeah. that to me. Um, my brother, who's living with me in direct contact, and my other friend who lives in New York, both in phone calls were like, Josh, there were probably 37 people in that Costco who had COVID. Easy. By, mm-hmm. by, by how this thing spreads, and they don't even know it. And he said, you were pr- mm-hmm. probably more mindful. But look, I, I texted her. We FaceTimed. She was upset with me. We hung up the phone. I didn't think I would speak to her for the next day or two, because um, that's kind of how it, it kind of was when, I, when my friends tested positive. Then she FaceTimed me a few hours later, and I was like, hey, and we started talking. Um, and we chatted about this and that, and she brought up how I went to class to teach when I was sick and how that was not smart, um, which was really hard for me to hear, to be really honest, because I was operating under what my doctor told me to do. Um, and the girl who introduced us was the student from that class who was sick at the time. So, uh, so there was a lot, there's a lot piled on here for her that creates a lot of fear and a product, a lot of anger and probably a lot of anxiety sure. that, that I wasn't doing it right. Um, it didn't feel great to me. You know, I was already being pretty hard on myself. Um, and, and then she said, so listen, I think you and I need to talk. And I just went, uh, Oh, oh, wow. Oh, okay. So this is happening. Okay. And then, and then she said, I thought we were
1: already talking.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And she said, you know, you've always been, you've always been been really good to me and you treated me so well. And it's not about this. I mean, this exacerbated it maybe, but I I, I felt like something was missing, Um, which maybe she did. That's not what I I felt was necessarily happening. You know, like I, like it didn't feel like she was, unhappy in what was happening between us. But yeah. I did think the timing of her she did say at one point, you know, there's never a really good time to do this. And I was thinking, I just found mm. out that I have COVID. <laughs> and it's uh, like yeah. it's like it's like the plague, you know, the plague of our era of this of a general, of a hundred years, like the, you know, and this is the day. And and to be honest, in some ways, that was probably the timing of it, what was most helpful, because a real part of me was like, well, I think it's safe to say that she wasn't my person.
0: Uh, uh, Yeah.
2: You know, for sure. Go ahead. Yeah. No, just, just that she wasn't my person and that, you know, I, 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 I have a very like sensitive open heart. So, so does she, that's, but I, I, I know what would make me feel safe and comfortable in a in a relationship. And that that wasn't it, you know, and no,
0: no. Abandoning someone when they're ill, a not a cool move, in my opinion. And there's no wrong like there's no good time to break up with someone. Yeah, of course, that that holds true. But I would say a pandemic is um, definitely not the time to do it. And,
1: um... <laughs> there's, there's, there's no, there's no good time, there's no good time to break up with someone, but there is a worst time to break up with someone. And, and I would just, I would just like, I would just like to award this person that you that you are no longer seeing the worst uh, time to break up award. It's a gold medal uh-huh. because I just. I just cannot imagine I mean this this the stress that we're all feeling of is you know and, and my allergies were going crazy because of the rain like you me you had too. mentioned the first couple of weeks of this and my 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 face was on fire my eyes were watering you know yes. uh, my throat was kind of sore like I mean, one of our first episodes of this uh, this series like I, I sound really scratchy and I was like is this gonna happen is this gonna happen that for me felt extremely stressful I cannot even imagine what it felt like to a go through the actual physical discomfort and pain you were going through. And also yeah. to get that positive and to go, well, at least I have someone who's going to understand or is going to stand by. And instead they're going, I can't believe you fucking went to Costco. And it's like,
2: sucks. yeah,
1: I'm sorry. I'm not an infectious disease uh, scholar at this point, And I didn't, and I did what my doctor told me to do when I taught a class, like, I, I, I know. i'm so sorry that happened to you but i i, I have to echo what you decided and i know that is not your person
0: yeah <laughs> no. it is not your I person mean, it it, it, yeah. it sends me like into honestly like I, you told me this story and we've talked about this but like it is crazy how much rage it fills me with i do believe that people mm-hmm. should definitely like honor themselves and if they need to break up with someone like sure. But I think what makes me so mad about it is like the lack of compassion for you while you're going through this. If we reverse this and this was a dude doing this to me, every single person Mm. who is listening to this would be like, that guy's a fucking asshole. Yeah. It would be, you know, it'd be unacceptable. True.
2: I mean look, I'm not going to lie. When I talked to you on the phone, Stevie, and you and I could hear like the the rage that You're you mad. were feeling about yeah, you were mad. And and look, I've known you a long time. I I don't think I can count like on one hand the amount of times I've really seen you angry. It's very rare. You yeah. know, I know it happens, but I I felt very protected. I felt like uh, you know, Stevie, which like truly has my back. And that was really that, that, was, that and a number of, you know, mutual friends that we know and some people that that are in just in my life. I, I got a lot of support, which was which was lovely, you know? Yeah. Um, and it, it was, it, you know, it's interesting, Dave, like what you're saying about going through it all. It was really shocking when the breakup happened. And then. I. When I when I realized maybe I was gonna be okay is when I started to feel relief because I felt like I had been under such pressure to be doing everything perfectly by her book on how this should go Mm. that you know all of a sudden I at least didn't have to adhere, adhere to that not adhere to social distancing rules but you know one of the things I was doing while awaiting my results is I would go on long walks, like two hour walks with my dog. I would wear gloves. I would walk in the middle of the street. I wouldn't touch a tree or a car or anything. You know, Mm -hmm. I had gloves on, you know, mask, the whole thing. Um, But I found myself often having to say to her, like, I'm not going near anyone. Like I'm walking down weird streets through the hills of Echo Park, uh, just to see the sun and breathe the air and feel like part of the world i'm not mm-hmm. going into a store but all that stuff was judged and so mm. i was sad and i was shocked and i want to say i was probably more shocked than sad and there was a part of me that felt like i was supposed to be sad because mm. it had happened you know but when i really yeah. looked at it i was like mm, this isn't this isn't for me what feels right and clearly it wasn't for her what feels right so hopefully you know the breakup for her gave her some sense of peace that she you know didn't have to date me anymore Um, (laughs) which i'm sure she's not the first person that's felt peace from that thought (laughs) i mean (laughs) that that, that, that is
1: that is a very uh i i will say that is a very uh enlightened and i would say diplomatic and and kind uh thing to say to or about this person I, i i again you know this this person you dated is not a scientist. It's, I don't know if she's a medical professional in any way, but I do. I, it is, it is understandable, but also really kind of upsetting to see some people's really extreme uh, reactions or their own sort of. I, I just talked to. Um, uh, one of our one of our former guests uh, was was telling me uh, uh, Megan Rosati uh, just be just like she is in Ohio right now because her roommate I, I don't um, she said basically she said that her roommate was like avoiding her in the in the kitchen and would just like keep to her room and was basically saying like oh if you go try to self quarantine with your boyfriend for two weeks you can't come back and so she just moved out. And I think that uh, she's wow. probably so much I, I think the relief she probably feels is is somewhere in the neighborhood of you or she doesn't yeah. have to spend every day kind of walking on eggshells, hoping that she hasn't uh, upset this person that's in her life with her response to this thing that we all are dealing with.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, you know, fear does a lot of things, you know, I mean, you know, when I had, you know, when I had sweats the other night, I mean, like I woke up this morning totally fine and i still have some some anxiety and some fear um and i uh but i i could feel it trigger me so hard you know and it and it Mm -hmm. you know my my student who had been sick i mean the amount of compassion that i felt and guilt for the because i don't know if she if what she got she got from me we didn't have physical contact in that space She could have. She could have gotten it from somewhere else. I believe someone she worked with came to work sick, and and that Mm. girl's boyfriend, I think, had COVID, came like tested positive. So it easily could have come from someone else. But just the idea, you know, that I had caused that was was crushing. Just like my friend Ashley, who believes she gave it to me. Ashley, you know, said, "I'm so sorry, I hugged you," and I mean, not one ounce of me wanted her to carry that you know in any way shape or form because my brother kept saying to me you know this is bullshit bro it's fucking bullshit it's fucking everywhere (laughs) you can get it from a fucking doorknob you can get it from a fucking (laughs) garbage can like anybody (laughs) fucking (laughs) holding you accountable for this shit can go fuck themselves and oh my
0: god you can't trace this thing you can't trace it like no I don't care if your partner has it, like, yes, you could probably deduce that you got it from them, but I mean, there is a, there's a high likelihood that you got it from a surface.
1: Right. God, I I really want to, uh, I really want to hear your brother's reaction to, um, the, uh, the, uh there's like a TikTok, uh, influencer kid who's like a teenager who did, uh, the Coronavirus challenge where he licked a toilet seat and he got coronavirus. <gasps> I would love to know.
2: <laughs> I, I'll tell you exactly what my brother my brother would say. My yeah. brother, would, he would watch the TikTok. He'd see the thing and he'd go, "Good fucking idiot, <laughs> fucking fucking stupid piece of shit." That's what.
0: Oh, uh, <laughs> your brother is sincerely. I, mean, I know I've said this many times, but your brother is sincerely one of the funniest people I've ever met. Like. I, I spent Christmas at Josh's house and we went and gave um, pass out food to the homeless and his brother, his brother while driving, like I was crying. I was cry laughing the entire time. He's so funny.
2: He has a really I, specific I, rhythm that uh, I figured out now that he's living here, which is like he starts the day 100 percent miserable. So we'll walk <laughs> our dogs in the morning and he fucking hates everybody and everything. You know, and, and, and then by like three or four o'clock, he starts to get really funny, like hilariously funny. And then by like seven or eight on, in, in the COVID world, he's had a couple drinks. Now he's hilarious, but now that h- hilarity has like a little bit of meanness, which makes it even funnier. And then by like 10:30 <laughs> he's exhausted and a little bit drunk. And now he fucking hates everybody again. And then he goes back uh, to sleep and the cycle goes uh, back to day. every day. He's a
0: true dream. He's a true dream.
1: I'm, I'm, I, I relate to that pattern. Uh, I, I, I one of the <laughs> one of the guys I live with is a little bit like that too. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, wake up maybe a little bit gruff, uh, make some food. Um, kind of like not flatline, but just like, a, a bit of a, a a neutral vibe. Then there's a little manic spike between like maybe one and four, where where there's some like dancing going on in the kitchen and some wiggling around and being like, like a, our, our fridge broke, so we're getting a new fridge. And today he was like, ooh, what if what if what if they don't include the water filter? And then we then we gotta wait, then we gotta replace it. And 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 he's like kind of turning around in his head, but then he's like, he's he's got his own like internal logic about how that's gonna go. And then there's a couple drinks, and then it gets funny and then and then yeah and then I think there's a little irritability and then then sleep.
2: <laughs> yeah, and <rinse> and repeat.
0: <laughs> I love that pattern. I, love I, I feel like I'm the exact opposite. I wake up and I'm like stoked to be alive and then like by noon I'm like getting everything done and by 3 p.m I'm like is it bedtime? <laughs> Should I go to bed? <laughs> I die off real I, early. I have, <laughs> yeah.
1: I have no uh, set pattern. I just know that my days are normal adjacent and but i do know that anywhere between two and four times a day i will be walloped by the reminder of the world we're living in and i'll just zone out or just go into a dark hole for you know five ten fifteen minutes and then come out of it and go oh right i was chopping celery
2: right i get that (laughs) i I get i get that a lot and and you know the last few days have been the ones that have sort of like the first couple days were so intense because it just felt like everything that we knew was ending And then it became somewhat of a rhythm, Um, but any ounce of fear of this thing that comes into play, for me, that's where, that's where like all of a sudden it's, it's horrific, you know, becomes traumatizing and horrific. And then I have to, you know, do something or take a walk or do, you know, um, eat something, uh, do a online yoga class. I've been doing a lot of those uh, to kind of get myself back into my body and breathe because if i watch too much mm-hmm. tv the fear is just it's just too everywhere and it does me no good. Oh, yeah. totally. I
1: have a um my my uh i've been i've been pitching pitching this out a couple times but my uh my some my friend who trained me as a pilates instructor uh Katie um she she does daily uh, Twitch broadcasts for classes at 4 p.m. Uh, Pacific time, and it's it's been so helpful and amazing to me. I've been doing it as much as I can. It's a Twitch.tv/slash Copper Toned Cat with uh, that's K A T. But it's been so um, it's been wonderful, and it and it kind of really helps me get out of my head if I'm like in a bad
2: headspace.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's I love good. that. I mean, anything I that.
2: that does it is good. You know, yeah, yeah I was gonna I, say I keep, the exact same. I keep thing. going on Netflix. Yeah, I keep going on Netflix and seeing, like, movies that are trending, and I just keep getting shocked that Contagion (laughs) is trending. Who's like, let me watch a movie about everyone dying from a a pandemic? Why? Why would you do that to yourself? Just turn on the news. It's right there.
0: Yeah, I know so many people who have watched that movie right now, and I was like, "Uh, I have no intentions of ever watching that movie again.
1: It's not – I I, I, I'm always shocked because it's way up on the iTunes charts at this point and it was not a popular movie when it came out it did fine it did okay and it just happens to be a movie about a
2: pandemic (laughs) I mean I mean do you think actors who were in that movie are psyched because they know they're about to get like big streaming residuals Are they like, you know, (laughs) or their IMDb number is going to go super low because now they're way more famous because everybody's watching their movie. Well,
1: I hope uh, who's in that movie, Matt Damon. I hope he I hope he has the objectivity to know that it's probably not a great thing to be super stoked about.
2: Oh, well, no. Yeah, I think I think it's it's Dustin Hoffman or is it Matt Damon? I mean, I think Dustin
1: Hoffman was in Outbreak, which is Outbreak. That's
2: right. Same thing. But I think that, like, Matt Heyman doesn't matter. You know what I mean? He's got money. But, like, I think it's like someone who I did like three days on that movie is like, you know, oh. I'm not working right now. And I might get like a $7,000 oh. residual check because it's played seven million times on Netflix.
1: Okay. In that case, I would like to make an addendum. And I hope that someone who is like a day player or, or someone who has like a pivotal scene but isn't in the rest of the movie, I hope that they get a little nice bump because they should get something out of this. I agree.
0: Yeah, they I might
2: agree. as well. I mean, I look. Yeah, I look at my. Uh, you know, the Screen Actors Guild has an app, and you can check your residuals at, that are coming. And I check it constantly because at this point, that's the only money I'll be making if I make. You know, if yeah. I make any. So please, God, let them rerun. You know, those episodes of uh, Lone Star 911 that I did this year, because it'll be a nice fat check. Because we, all, you know, everyone needs it.
1: Please rerun those episodes if if, rerun if you're listening. Them. Fox, if you're listening, yep. um, wait. Is that, is that I'm sorry. Is that Fox?
2: It is Fox. Yes,
1: it okay, is. Okay, Fox. Do do the right thing. Um, <laughs> are, are are you able to um Are you able to do any sort of um teaching or coaching over yes. uh, Zoom or anything?
2: Yeah, I actually have a class tonight at seven, um, which has been great. Uh, I and we usually meet on Tuesday nights, and what we've been doing is script analysis. And every week, I send them a different script. Um, and they, I just think because it gives people contact with each other. We meet Tuesdays now for like two to two and a half hours, and we meet Thursdays from two to for like two two and a half hours. Whoever can make it, I just think because mm. everyone is so thrilled to be doing something. And then yeah. I have a sun. I have a Sunday night class as well. It's interesting though. They're younger, mo- most of them. I mean, they are. They're in their twenties, but most of them are younger. And as we moved into a month, I. Uh, like four of the kids in that class, and the kids they are adults, have asked to take the month off because they feel, I think, overwhelmed and impossible to focus on anything, given everything that's going on, which I get, because I've,
0: yeah, I've really
2: you know. When I teach though, I will say, we get into it and we start talking about script and this and that, it is, uh, there's a, a warm feeling, knowing that we're all connected and we can see each other on Zoom, so that's really nice. Yeah, um,
0: where can people find to- it, Josh? If they want to like join your classes or anything, is there a website where people can find it?
2: Um, no, I was I was about to launch a website and then this happened. So, uh, oh man, what, what they can do is they can email me at uh, jbatonstudios at studios So it's J, B is in boy, I, T is T isn't Tom, T is not Tom, O and as in nancy at gmail.com and they can shoot me an email because it's zoom format because we're doing script analysis i don't really have a cap on my class size i think right now we have like any given night they'll be anywhere from like 14 to 17 people but you know i can host more than that on the site um if, I, if need be but it, it yes. is it is it is nice for us to connect you know uh in that yeah. way for sure
0: well, I'm also sure maybe, it sounds nice. Yeah, it sounds so nice. And it's also maybe a great opportunity for maybe someone who, you know, doesn't live in L.A. and who's always wanted to take an acting class and hasn't been able to, like, make the move out. Like, it'd be co- a cool thing to have, like, a month of class just as, like, an intro to what it's like, you know?
2: Totally. And and because, like, you know, I mean, I'm sure there are teachers doing this in different ways. For me... Uh, Unless I'm going to like sort of watch people's monologues and give them notes, which is something I guess we could do. We're really doing like intensive script analysis where we're getting into motivations of characters and what's happening moment to moment and not just what's happening, but what are options? You know, you can you, you could do this or you could do this. You could do this actively in the scene. And when you're teaching a class, we I work with them in that way. But I don't. I'm not ever afforded like three hours that I can work on the same piece of material because different students are going up in that time. So there is something really thorough about the work, and it's really fun to watch someone click with an idea that I didn't see. And I'm like, "Ooh, that's that's really good." Because mm. now we're getting into the psyche of things a little bit, and. Uh, and into what you'd have to do, you sort of actor homework on, and what that could be. So it, it I also find it, it. It seems like it's been useful for me. It's useful emotionally, to be honest, because teaching and acting—that's what I do. So getting to still do it somewhat uh, has helped me feel a little bit more normal in what is such a crazy time. You know, my brother's a bartender. He has—he's been out of work for a month, and he's hoping that when he comes back, the bar will reopen. Um, and, and there are tons of people like that, you know, in any in so many industries. So I'm not really making much money doing it. But it's 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 buoying my spirits for those few hours. And just to see people's faces is it, and see people laugh and see people connect is is super important.
1: Well, it's I, I hope you guys all check it out. It's it sounds it honestly sounds like a very good thing to be doing right now. So, I mean if you don't have an interest in acting, obviously it it might not be for you, but I I think it's, but I I do think, I I don't know. I would like to sit in on a, on a, on a class like that. It's, it's it's been Jesus 11 years since I've taken an acting class, but I just, I just wanted to not only thank you for, for being on the show, but also just wish you the, the absolute, absolute best uh, uh, with not only the class, but just with your, your life and your uh, heart for lack of a better word. You have, you have really, I mean, it's bonkers that it's the first or just into the second week in April. It feels like, I mean, I can't believe that it's basically, I mean, when you found out you had it on, or you started feeling bad on like April, uh, March 6th, like it's barely been a month since all of this started happening for you. So yeah, I, I, I mean, it's you, you really have been put through the ringer. And as much as I'm, I'm, glad that you're not in this romantic situation anymore that was a a blow too so i hope um i mean it sounds like you're being good and nice to yourself and you know doing yoga and walking your dog by the way i'm a big uh, pitbull fan so i'm uh i'm glad that you have one to keep you company i think they're great um but, uh, yeah. Do you have anything besides, uh, obviously you can be reached at your email address for these classes. Do you have any, any social media, anything you'd like to plug or any upcoming, any, where can people uh, see you on TV or streaming?
2: Um, I, you know, look, I'll, uh, I'm so bad at plugging myself. You know, I'm on, I'm on Instagram at Joshua Baton, uh, same on Twitter. I don't tweet very much. Um, and I have, uh, At this point, a small recurring role on the Lone Star 911 show. I did an episode this year of um, Magnum P.I. Uh, Was it it Magnum P.I.? No, it wasn't. (laughs) Yes, it was Magnum P.I. I was was in Hawaii. There's three shows there. No, it was Magnum P.I. And uh, and I got to work with my friend, Tim Kang, who we'd worked together on The Mentalist, which I recurred on for a little bit. So that was super fun. Um, You know what would be fun? So I've done three things that I'm super proud of. Uh, all of which are streamable right now. One is I was in this HBO miniseries called The Pacific about World War II, and today one of my castmates sent me, sent all of us a, a, a file with a thousand photographs from when we shot it of us hanging. Whoa. out. Uh huh. And and it really warmed my heart. And we are. Truly, as since I mean, this is so cheesy to say, but we were the follow-up to Band of Brothers. And just like those guys are, so are we. We're all in touch. We're all connected.
1: Oh, that's amazing.
2: Yeah, also, if you another... haven't
0: seen that show, it's incredible, and you should watch yeah. it.
2: It's super good. It's super good. And then I did another HBO miniseries called The Night Of uh, that was really special. I think it's one of the, the – uh, along with The Pacific, it's definitely like artistically – some of the best thing I've ever been involved with, but it's just a beautiful piece of filmmaking and storytelling. And, uh, I play the cop who arrests the lead kid and, and was in a few episodes of that. And then I just did a series a year and a half ago for CBS all access called $1 that I thought was really great, but it was CBS all access. So nobody even knew it existed or watched it but we're all home. So if you want to watch something <laughs> that's slow mm-hmm. and really takes its time with story and character character development. I mean, I got to work with some of the best best actors and this amazing filmmaker named Craig Zobel who's a friend of mine. Now, um, so you could see me there, you know, I guess. And I think those things are su- truly worthwhile in terms of, you know, the 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 quality of it. So yeah, that's about it's as good a plug as i can get i feel i feel gross saying it all already well, no, well we, you shouldn't we prompted feel gross you.
1: because yeah, we, yeah, a we prompted you, and B. Not only did you get to plug yourself a little, but we we've been asking a lot of our um, uh, guests now for streaming recommendations, just because everyone's at home. So not only did you you did you got to do a little promotion and also give people uh, some streaming recommendations that they can watch and that they truly have no excuse not to watch. I'm sure if you've been holding off on CBS All Access, uh, guess what, guys? You got at least probably another month of this. So stay home. Stream $1, stream the Pacific, stream the night of. And um, Josh, glad you're feeling better. And thank me you so too. much for being on the show. Thank, thank you. you guys
2: for having me. I really appreciate it. Take
0: care. Josh, you're the best. Talk to you I soon. You, Stevie. Dave, good love to meet and talk
1: to you. All right. You bye. too. You're great. Bye. Stevie. Dave. What a great guy.
0: Isn't he wonderful? One of my favorite people on this earth. I'm also so glad he's okay.
1: I'm I'm relieved he's okay I'm also I also really like uh these episodes where we sort of surprise each other with uh with people we we really like you (laughs) know when I was like hey I can't believe you've never met Mookie before and you were like oh yeah he's great and then I said you guys know each other and you're like oh yeah we've known each other for years and years and years and then he ended up being amazing what a good dude
0: it's nice. It's kind of like show and tell, like when we each get to have a friend on and be like, look, here's a nice person. And then our world expands because now we all know all these nice people.
1: I know. It makes me feel it's kind of interesting to be able to meet someone without uh, actually meeting them. We we had a nice little 40 minute Zoom call that ended because we don't want to pay for it. And <laughs> I got to see his face and see his, his studio. And now I know that guy and he was on our show and... Who knows, I might not have the opportunity to meet him in person for several months.
0: <laughs> I know. I did tell him after we recorded, I did say to him, I would really like you guys to meet in person. I think you'll get along really well. And I I have, you've got to meet his brother, Mike.
1: I want to meet his brother, Mike, and I want to meet his dog. I did look him up right after we finished recording and his dog looks adorable.
0: His dog is really cool. His dog's name is Mickey and he's wonderful. Has a little crooked tail. I love it. He's the best. Um, oh. You what know, a dream. He is such a dreamy dog. I love him. Um, and not to like harp on it too much, but like I do have like some strong feelings about this girl who broke up with him. And I'm glad I'm glad it happened because I do believe that like what's meant for us won't pass us by. Meaning that like if that was his person, that wouldn't have happened, you know. But I do just think it's wildly insensitive. And I don't know. I have... I have a lot of trouble digesting why someone would break up with someone during a global pandemic, especially since it does seem to me related to COVID.
1: Absolutely. I mean, her saying it had nothing to do with it or it, maybe it was the timing of it. Maybe it had a little bit to do with it. It's like, uh, you know what? I, I have to just absolutely call bullshit on that. It doesn't, I'm not buying it even for a second and Same. it's fine. Again, Again, it's, 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 You know, beating a dead horse at this point with me, but it's like I get being afraid. I understand being trepidatious and hesitant and scared and and uncertain, but just to not stand by someone who's going through something traumatic and to think, oh, I'm going through something traumatic because I know someone who's going through something traumatic and that makes me feel scared and therefore I'm going to respond with a real fight or flight response i don't know lady i'm not buying it i i and i don't have a ton of sympathy for you especially because josh had the virus
0: i know and was so sick honestly like i told him anything short of like my partner being like during this being like hey i'm gonna come live with you and take care of you and like whatever, if I get it, I get it. But like, we're there for each other would be worthless to me. Like to me, I I know you can't, I know it's not your job to put your life at risk, but at the same time, I'm like, if you're in a relationship, like I would show up for the person, you know?
1: I mean, I don't, I I would hate for, I would hate to have, I would absolutely hate to to dice roll COVID-19 and, and think, well, my partner's probably got one of the mild cases. I'm going to hang back because I don't want it. Uh, so they'll be okay. And then they die or they have to be hospitalized oh, or intubated. And you intubated. can't ever I mean, see
0: them again? Imagine, Dave.
1: Uh, yeah. The, oh, the stories that I'm hearing about people not being able to say goodbye to their loved ones mm. because the, the hospital's too infectious are crushing to me. It's really, really upsetting me too but i just i'm so glad he pulled through he just seems like such a good he just seems great and he is uh, you know it's it's not like it's not like people who aren't great deserve to die from the virus <laughs> no. but it's to hear someone talk about being being as cautious as possible following a doctor's orders and then being chastised for it by somebody who clearly is just like is going through their own thing yeah I just i just think it's such a weird specific bummer for these times where i think you know we're we're hearing you know covid romances and i'm seeing twitter threads about people kind of shooting their shot and sliding into dms but the covid breakups i think are a lot more prescient to me because yeah it just seems it just seems like a fearful scared person acting on impulse and yes. I, I wouldn't be surprised if when all of this is yeah. over, she doesn't either come crawling back or at least feel feelings of regret.
0: Oh, 100%. I was going to say, it's so funny you said that because in my head, I was like, this this type of behavior, in my opinion, like and maybe it was like a full-formed thought process or whatever, right? I don't know. I, I can't speak to her actions necessarily, but in my opinion, people who act like this Historically, they always come back. And it's like, imagine coming back after, like, sorry, I abandoned you when you had a life-threatening virus. Uh, would you want to try dating casually again? Like, it's like I would find it hard to even be friends with this person.
1: I know. I know. Oh. I, I I would Ugh. Yeah, I don't I don't I wouldn't want to know that person anymore.
0: Me neither. We don't want we don't want it. Uh she got canceled. No. She's getting canceled. <laughs>
1: Cancelled for sure. Goodbye.
0: (laughs) We canceled her uh, during a pandemic and that's fine. Um, (laughs) Dave, this was such a fun episode. Thank you for like rolling with it. And thank you for, I don't know, showing up and meeting a new person during all this, you know?
1: Of course. Of course. I mean, I didn't have to... Uh, risk letting them into my home. And it was, it was very easy. I'm very ex- happy for the opportunity. So thanks for the intro.
0: Of course. And just a reminder for everyone who's in their homes or people who are out and about listening to this podcast, wherever you are, um, stay at home, protect all the people. Let's flatten this. Let's keep flattening the curve and keep people really safe. Uh, I think it's really important right now and it's, it'd probably be pretty easy to get lax about it. And I just think let's keep, let's keep the protocol and, you know, keep helping people and saving people's lives by doing our part.
1: Absolutely. It's, it's, I mean, the least you can do is, or the most you can do is nothing. You know, there's not, it's not even the least or most you can do is nothing. Stay home and do nothing. You have a million streaming recommendations. You have video games. Hopefully you have books. Uh, You have your loved ones over zoom and FaceTime and discord and Slack and texting and uh twitter and hopefully not facebook because it's poison but uh you know <laughs> um uh, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of ways that you can stay uh, uh uh you know sane in these times and um and they a lot of them involve not going outside and running without a mask or meandering in a grocery store with no gloves on
0: yeah Hundred percent. Hundred percent.
1: Also, also a little bit of an update. Um, I heard you. Uh, I heard from you that you actually sought out the short film that Zach Braff and Florence Pugh met while making. And uh, I only made it about five minutes in, but you watched the whole thing.
0: Okay, so I did finish the. I did start and finish. It did take three different pauses, and I had to walk away. The Zach Braff, uh, Florence Pugh film. Uh, I I will say it was one of the most painful things I've ever watched. Um I hated every minute of it and I I really I really hope she wakes up. <laughs> Dave. Well, she I can't. <laughs> I just can't okay. with this couple. This is not a couple.
1: <laughs> okay, I think
0: <laughs> Dave I think we- make them I, break up like yeah. <laughs> we have to stop this
1: <laughs> i cannot believe that our first foray into celebrity gossip on this <laughs> show has has led to such a uh, such vitriol and um I you know I'm, i won't be I'm, I'm not going to come to anyone's defense too much. It was a very bad short film that I watched. Uh, what, what I watched it was bad.
0: Terrible. Um, it got worse, Dave. You're not going to believe this. But after you stopped at that minute we both stopped at, it got worse. I just want you to know it just keeps getting worse.
1: Okay. Well, listeners, you don't have to look it up. I'm not going to plug it. You can Google it if you want. But all we know is that officially, because of an Instagram post, uh, Florence Pugh has uh, taken her relationship with Zach Braff public for his birthday, uh, Stevie's enraged about it. I've yep. mostly, I've mostly made my peace with it. Although, um, I recently learned, as of yesterday, that someone I know knows the person who is the inspiration for Natalie Portman's character in Garden State.
0: Oh, that's interesting
1: yes she literally told zach braff that the shins were gonna uh, change his life and then he said i'm gonna put that in a movie and i'm gonna make your character wear a helmet and and say the word retarded a bunch which is what natalie portman does in garden state if you forgot
0: whoa yeah
1: it has not aged very well uh like most things that came out 16 years ago so i wouldn't encourage a rewatch i wouldn't encourage them to continue dating (laughs) each other uh but I would encourage our listeners to continue reaching out to us. Um, we would love to hear from you and learn how you're handling this, uh, this insane time. We're going to be back with more um, episodes for you every week. You can call us at 213-458-5236. You can email us at iBurnEverythingPod at gmail.com. You can rate, subscribe, review, all that stuff on Apple Podcasts. And uh, you can stay inside and learn how to make sourdough bread.
0: (laughs) It really does seem like the only thing people are doing. Um, Dave, until next time. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye to whichever one of your dogs is barking.
0: (laughs) It's actually a bird outside. I know it sounds very loud, but it's a crow. (laughs) It's a crow. I'm like for once relieved to say it's not my dogs. It's a crow.
1: Well, then I just want to send a personal apology to all three of your dogs for accusing them of sounding like a crow. It's hard to tell what's going on anymore in this world.
0: It really is. At one point during the recording, I threw something from my desktop into the trash can and it definitely picked up the noise. You know, when it went and i was like oh, oh yeah
1: i, I heard <laughs> it. i heard it and i didn't know what it was, but I just wanted to keep barreling through it listeners we are doing our best to keep this show going even though sometimes it might sound weird and uh honestly it is weird but um we we genuinely, we, we love you we love doing this show uh we want to we want to thank the new zealand herald for naming us one of oh, our seven best podcasts thank um, you that really made our listening in new Zealand. Yeah, if you're listening in New Zealand uh, Write in and tell us how it's going over there Because we don't know uh, But Steve, I'll see you again next week Or I'll at least hear you again next week And yeah. maybe we'll uh, we'll set up Maybe we'll watch each other on a Google Hangout Maybe I'll come outside your window So you can hold up a dog So I can wave to it But uh, until then Until then, listeners and Stevie Goodbye
0: Goodbye
1: I'm Joel Spence.
2: And I'm Deborah Tarika.
1: We are co-hosts of This Particular Album Is Very, Very Important
2: To Me. This is the podcast where we ask people we love to pick an album that is very, very important to them, and here they share their memories. Great and not so great. And emotional connections. Great and not so great. And
1: we
0: all get to listen to it
1: through their ears. All the guests in season three, introduce yourselves, please. Hello, my name is Thomas Lennon.
0: Hello, this is June Diane Raphael. Hey, this is Eugene Cordero. Hey, this is Keiko Agena.
2: Hey, this is Paula Tompkins.
0: Hello, my name is Tawny Newsome. Hello.
2: Oh, this is Colin Hanks.
0: Hi, this is Kirsten Bangsness.
2: Hey, this is Matt Besser. What albums did they pick? Well,
1: find out by subscribing to this particular album is very, very important to me on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Campfire.